when you ain't getting laid and need some excitement, go to adamandeve.com and type in the code word DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. Like your stepmom used to do, your sister. And you. Activate my curly hair stick. Initiate Q-Claw. Commence annoying commentary. Begin geek upload. System check complete. All systems operational in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Sick and Wrong, the podcast. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. Uh, I'm Lance Wackerly. Lance Wackerly, come on down. You're the next contestant on Sick and Raw. Me? Yeah, woo, yeah. It's really great to be here, D. Um, I think that butt plug would retail for twenty-seven ninety-five. Close, but no. Sorry. Did it? Did I go over? Dude, that's pretty good. That was dead Thank on. You. Did that, did that <laughs> sound convincing? That whole because I'm practicing now. I kind of want to be maybe not the next announcer for uh, you know the Price is Right, but an announcer for a game show. Did that, did that sound good? It sounded pretty good. I mean, did you like? Were you really like really excited, or were you feigning enthusiasm as part of like a bit for the show? Well, I knew you guys wouldn't select me if I wasn't didn't have in, the proper enthusiasm. Yeah, but who else would I choose in there, Rollo? He's just ahead. I mean, he's just in the back. The slide whistle? The slide whistle's up for contention? (laughs) I bet you the slide whistle probably would have known the price of that butt plug. Yes, he probably I'm surprised you didn't know that, Well, he kind of is a butt plug. A butt plug is a close cousin of the slide whistle. (laughs) Well, uh, you you know, uh, Wackerly, the reason um, we're doing Price is Right um, impersonations here is because I was just on the Price is Right yesterday. Well, you were, know, in the audi- you were in the live studio audience. Let's not get I wasn't a contestant. I was a member of the live studio audience. And the, the reason I was in the, in the live studio audience is uh, because we had two Sick and Wrong fans, longtime Sick and Wrong fans, uh, Kitty and Doc, who are active members of the forum. They came down to Southern California just for the sole reason to get on Prices Right because it was Doc's birthday. And I had a blast. We had a really good time. It was cool hanging out with the, those guys and... Uh, even though it was a strange experience, it's a surreal experience to be on a game show or to be a, a, a member of the audience of a game show. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good time had by all, even though we didn't get <laughs> Did you guys wear it. your sick and wrong apparel or was that too over the top? You know, I brought sick and wrong shirts for Kitty and Doc um, okay. as, as a birthday present. They didn't put it on. Nice. Doc was actually wearing, it's even funnier than the sick and wrong shirt. It was like a, a green shirt that just said Alaska growing. It was like a big marijuana shirt. <laughs> Which is almost better than the Sick and he Wrong was baby. expecting to be picked to be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's even funnier is that I was like, I thought you had lots of tattoos because I've, I've seen pictures of his tattoos on on the yeah. forum, and he was He's wearing got a crazy chest tattoo, right? That goes over his nipples and everything, like a big demon face. Well, kind of, he had kind of the same idea as me. Like uh, I was wearing my Sick and Wrong shirt, the Quado shirt, 
mm-hmm. yet I was wearing a shirt on top to cover up my tattoos so I could look a little more conservative. Whereas yeah. Doc was wearing his green Alaska growing shirt, but he was wearing like a leotard or something underneath covering up his <laughs> arms. And I was like, well, why, why are you covering your tattoos? And he was just like, oh, because there's new one I got. And I was like, oh, what's this? And it's just like Christ's scrotum, like crucified on an upside down cross with like blood running down his arm. I was like, yeah, they might not pick you if they saw that. It's probably it's not a good really idea. daytime TV friendly. Yeah. And I mean, I guess maybe my tattoos probably would have been fine. Um, you know, oh, they, yeah. They love you, uni- you, you unicorn got, tattoos. You've like, grandma-friendly tattoos. Yeah, they love unicorn tattoos. So it was like, yeah. I, I figured that would be fine. But uh, I still actually wore a shirt over just because I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to look as conservative as possible. Every and, little bit helps. And uh, it didn't because we didn't get selected. But but what a weird what a weird uh, way to to decide who gets on the show. It's just the whole experience is kind of weird. So we had to get there at 8 in the morning. And you line up at uh, the CBS studio in Fairfax and Beverly, which is far from here because the traffic sucks. So I know what. It's uh, in Burbank, isn't it? No, it's uh, Beverly, Beverly Hills. Oh, Beverly Hills. Okay. So we get over there, and there, by the time we got there, like eight, I think I was like there at 8 30, there was already a line of like 150 people in line waiting to get in. And, oh, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, and these people take this shit seriously. Like they're decked out in uh, like group. They wear like group uniforms. Like a lot of people have the same red shirt. You know that like puffy ink, like that puffy ink they put on shirts. Puff paint. You, puff paint. A lot yes. of puff paint. Like I know about puff right. paint. Believe me. <laughs> yep. When's the last time you puff painted? Marker? Well, you have tattoos, and I have my puff paint. Let's just leave it. At that. I think the, I think the beauty of puff paint is you could you could remove that and then have a completely different puff paint art on your arm. You know. Whereas I'm stuck, I'm stuck with this same old unicorn tattoo that I've had for the past like 16 years. Palump sest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how I pronounce that word? It's a that's an SAT word. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. I I'm, I scored below average in my SAT. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing down the curve. I'm lying. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we get there, and uh, there were a lot of people in line that did probably score way below average on their SAT. A lot of old people, <laughs> a lot of people wearing their uniforms. Um, a lot of, like, there's a couple, like, hot chicks. Uh, mostly everybody, a lot of military guys. Mostly everybody there was from, like, you know, either the Midwest or some, some other state other than California. So this is something they do on their vacation. This One is of the a day's activities thing. is go and try and get on... TPIR. Well, you have to plan it out in advance because you have to go to their website, register, get tickets for it. So, I yeah. mean, they plan probably months in advance. So, anyway, once you get in there, make like, long story short, you go in, you sign these little things. They wouldn't even let me, they made me use my real name. They wouldn't even let me use D. Simon, which I was quite a You had to show your ID? Two forms of identification. <laughs> Two forms? Two forms. <laughs> yeah. What are you, this is like harder than getting a handgun permit. But they want to make sure you're not a legal alien. You know, <laughs> as if that would. Make <laughs> they don't the want show prizes being taken to Mexico. Uh, is it twelve pesos? <laughs> Get off the show! <laughs> I believe that it's uh, sixty-four rupees. It's just like you're <laughs> out of here. Um. Anyway, so we. Uh, we... Da, comrade, the the loaf of bread is seventy-eight hundred rubles. <laughs> we basically had to sit there for four hours. Sitting outside on benches, from one bench to another bench to another bench, finally uh-huh. waiting to uh, go in a group of like eight people to be screened by the guy who actually chooses who gets to be a contestant on the show. So out of the 300 people that are there, 
Only nine people get to be on the show. And it's all chosen and beforehand. Somebody brought this up. Maybe it was you the last time we talked. I, I thought that there, like, throughout the show, they, they brought, like, nine people up each round. That's what Have I they thought. they changed it? No, that's what I thought. I thought they, um, you know, after the commercial break, there's, like, you know, four new people, and they're bidding on stuff. It's not like that. Oh. In the beginning, they choose the four people. They mm-hmm. choose four people. You bid on whatever, you know, the value of that item is, and then you compete in your showcase thing. And maybe win a car and lose. And then they pick one other person out of the audience. But all these people are selected oh. beforehand. So right. they know who's going up there. And it's, yeah, of course. But there's a selection process. And it's this guy who's probably been doing it for years. Like he knows exactly, you know, the formula that's going to work to be a contestant on the show. Is so, he a snarky gay guy? Yeah, he was definitely. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not quite sure if he was gay. He kind of seemed a bit light in the loafer area. You right, know? but he wasn't gay as a. So, spring what are morning. you all about? What's your story? Are you are you happy to be here? Show me your enthusiasm, D. It was kind of like that. The, like the that. guy would just he would come up, and you have those big yellow name tags with your name. Oh so yeah, you're saying I there were those, yeah. eight people, and they're like come and be like, so Lance Wackerly, where are you from? And then fuck you, off. <laughs> you would <laughs> totally even, not get selected. I don't even want to be here. I was dragged here. You would totally not get selected. You got to be I like, like your energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that tone of voice. You know, you got to be really excited and animated and all crazy and like this yeah. is the best thing that's ever happened to you way better than when you lost your virginity. Like this is the coolest moment of your life. Maybe then, at 10 at night after we've been at the bar for four hours, but not at eight in the morning. I can't do that. You know, Doc was genuinely, genuinely excited. I mean, he's a big fan of Price is Right. Like, I, I guess this is something, you know, he's been wanting to do for years, like a goal of his. Whereas, like, uh-huh. you know, I at, at that point, I had never seen a full episode in its entirety. Like, have you? I, I've, seen a, I've seen a full episode. Not I'm, recently, but definitely in the past I have, back in the Bob Barker days. Well, Price is Right, to me, was always like, you know, when you're in junior high and you're sick and you're lying on the couch and you're just kind of like, you know, hopped up on Tylenol and you're watching, uh, you're watching TV. And you watch a little bit of Price is Right and you're like, okay, now I'm going to go to Darkwing Duck or something. Or it's when you're in college and you're too high to find the remote control and you're just like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm going to have to watch the rest of this. But, or, or if you're so high that you have the remote control and you just still can't change it because you just don't know what to do. Because <laughs> you're just like yelling, it's 539. You're insane. Camcorders don't cost that much. Yeah, or no. you or you realize that you hate the show, but you're you're so paranoid that what might be on the next channel might be worse that you just you're stuck there. Or Bob Barker's Couch gonna lock. come Couch depending lock. on depending on how high you are, Bob Barker might come out of the television and grab your nutsack. You never know. <laughs> or start beating you with that long <laughs> microphone. <laughs> so anyway, this dude asked people a bunch of questions. You could tell who was gonna be a contestant. Like there was this one guy kind of looked like a cross between Santa and Jerry Garcia from Texas, mm-hmm. and he was so Santa excited. Garcia. He was old, and he, you know, that guy, you're like, dude, that guy's totally going to be picked. Military dude, totally going to be picked. Um, There's some chick that had, like, just massive titties. Just massive, massive titties. She had a huge rack, and she was wearing, right. like, this, like, her group was wearing this tight purple shirt. And you just, you could tell, like, they were just like, oh, my God, when she runs on down that, you know, when they call her name, there's just going to be these massive tits. They're just going to look great on television. Yeah, and I can't begrudge the selection committee for picking that girl. It's, yeah, I, I get, said it from the get go. I was like, that girl's totally going to get picked. So anyway, we we get in there, and they the studio is exactly the same. What's weird about it is it's a lot smaller 
than I thought it would be. Like Everybody says that when they go to see any type of live television. Like, you know, you go to see Cheers taped or Saturday Night Live or David Letterman. They always say the studio is a lot smaller than it looks. Well, you know, yeah. Like, I, I the way I think it's what it has to do is the, with the camera that they use. They use this crazy wide angle lens, just zooming through the audience. You just kind of think that the audience is, you know, vast and it's like a room full of people. But it's actually, I mean, yeah, it's pretty small. There are about 300 people there, but it's, you know, it's a pretty small room. And it's funny, uh, Kitty actually had a pretty as- rather astute observation. Like, she's looking through the crowd. She's like, I would describe this crowd as the people who shop at Walmart. And that's pretty much <laughs> what the crowd was. It was like, you ever go to that website, you're like, wow, yeah, these are the same people that go travel all the way to Los Angeles just to be on The Price is Right. Yeah. And I think that's why, the you know, it's kind of like, it was weird. Like, the whole scene was kind of cultish. There were all these NBC or CBS pages wearing these red blazers. And their whole job was to, you know, excite, like, incite the crowd and, like, try to get you dancing and, like, grab your arms, get you all crazy and all dancing. And then there was a guy who kind of looked like you in college, like a skinny wackerly, just up on stage, just waving That's his That's what hands. I looked like in college, skinny. <laughs> well, a skinnier version of your, of your current self. And right. uh, he it's was, like, true. you know, gesticulating with his hands wildly, trying to get everybody to get crazy. And he had a sign that was, like, you know, applause, and then everyone gets crazy. So I think they're like kind of, uh, you know, testing everybody, whipping them into a frenzy. For the when... only thing that I could do if that was my job is I would bring the slide whistle out. And and start doing the theme song? Just freeform jazz, jamming, maybe riffing off of the uh, the theme song. I, you know, But did you play the slide whistle back in college? No. <laughs> <laughs> neither here nor there it's a recent talent that i've picked up well it was funny because the announcer the the announcer used to be the, the announcer's my favorite part of the show like that to me that's my ideal job i would love well, it used to, to be, be rod roddy it used to be but now it's a guy named uh, dan or dan gray or something like that uh-huh. um this guy's a younger guy he's younger but you could tell he's been doing it for years dude's uh-huh. got a golden voice he's just like and he's he's the guy that comes out first and he's just kind of warming up the crowd he's just like so are you excited to be here? And everyone's like, "Whoa!" Like it's all crazy. Uh-huh. And then um, he's kind of going over some of the rules. He was like, "You know, you can't touch Mr. Carey. Definitely do not touch Drew Carey." And I was <laughs> wondering, like, what's what's the deal? Is he kind of like what's that guy's name? Howie Mandel, the germaphobe. Uh huh. Germaphobe. I thought it was that. Howard Stern is the same way. Or, but, yeah, or guess allowed to touch Howie, Stern. Howie Mandel, Howard Stern, Howard Hughes. Basically, anybody named Howard has this affliction. Yeah, but think about it, though. though. You're like uh, this celebrity, and you have to deal with these commoners all the time with their germs and their diseases. Wah! (laughs) I make money for standing around for a half hour and talking. Wah! People want to touch me. Turns out Drew Carey's not a germaphobe. I guess he runs marathons, and Mm -hmm. uh, he had been training, and he bit it like he took a spill last week and broke his clavicle and so he wasn't allowed to or he didn't he chose not to wear a sling while he's doing the show so his arm was kind of like looked kind of weird like he had his hand like in his suit pocket like in the middle of his uh like suit jacket like right above the the second button so he kind of looked like he wasn't jerking off was he (laughs) he just kind of looked like dr strange love like oh come here see you know just kind of creepy and uh, but but I mean it was he was actually kind of a witty guy he was cool totally different style different delivery than than Bob Barker 
Well, Bob's Bob was never a comedian. He was more of a showman. It's a different school of thought altogether. Well, what's weird about Drew Carey, though, is when you picture Drew Carey, you picture kind of this funny fat guy with a crew cut, you know, with horn room glasses that just kind of drinks. And, and what, well, he that, like, that was his whole Drew Carey show persona. But he's not that anymore. Now he he dropped like ninety pounds. He's got like a yeah. full head of hair. He's kind of tanned. <laughs> and you're like you're looking at him. You're like. Dude, you kind of look like Drew Carey with AIDS and a spray tan. What happened? <laughs> what happened here? Is that a better look or a worse look? I mean, what are you, you know, what are you, you can't fault the guy for getting healthy. Because, I mean, think about it. This dude's set for life with this, this uh, hosting gig. And it's probably the easiest job ever. Well, he could always become embroiled in a scandal and he'd lose the job. Well, I'm about to get to this in a second, how many scandals Bob Barker was in. And that dude hosted that show for like, what, 60 years? I don't know. How many years? 40 years? <laughs> Oh, no, not 40. Maybe, maybe 40 years. He was no, on that show for a long years. time. I mean, uh, Right, but television was invented in what, 1941? <laughs> well, he wasn't the original host. There's another guy that did it for a few years before him, but I think really? he took over in like 1965. I but, don't think anybody's. I don't think anybody's interested in an exhaustive history of the prices, right? Yeah, so. exactly. But but, but, on. uh, but the one thing that hasn't changed, and that was always my favorite thing when I was a kid watching the show, and when I was high watching the show, is the showgirls are still just as hot as they used yeah. to be. Like, they still wear those floor length um, like evening gowns, though, right? Yeah, but a lot of cleavage coming out of that, and they usually have the slit going all the way up to the hip, so you still get to see leg. Well, I was wondering, like, do you think? Like, Bob Barker obviously got a lot of ass because he's Bob Barker. Bob fucking Barker. I mean, that guy's just going to get ass. But do you think the audition process for the showgirls, they don't do anything, really. Could, maybe they'll say a couple token lines here and there. But for the most part, I mean, like, just... point to this consumer good? What, what else is there to do? Yeah, but Drew Carey would uh, kind of banters with them. Like, he banters with the audience as well. Like, he's, uh, you know, he kind of works the audience like a comedian. Whereas I don't remember well, he's Bob a big, he's doing a big that. improv guy because remember he also used to host Whose Line it is, is It Anyway, which isn't really a game show, but it's a a faux game show. Sort of like that, yeah. Like whereas Bob Barker, I remember would say some creepy things to some of the female contestants that would come up there and be like, "Give me a little kiss," kind of thing, or put his arms right. But around you know him. what? He wasn't uh, he wasn't the king of that. And now that I'm on the spot, who who was the dude that was the uh, Family Feud guy? Oh. Uh, God, no, no, I was about to say Bob Euchre, but it wasn't Bob Euchre. Nope. It was a different guy. What was guy. his name? And then, he, and then he, he, he parlayed being the Family Feud host into playing the part of the host in The Running Man, which is about like a deadly, you know, high-stakes death game show. God, that what guy, the, the name's on the tip of the tongue. Name? That guy was a pervert. He even looked he like would, a pervert. He would like basically kiss 15-year-old girls full on the mouth. Yeah, Where's... in front of their in front of their fathers and grandfathers, because it was called the Family Feud, meaning your whole family was there with you. What was that guy's fucking name? I'm sure we'll get a million emails like, I can't believe you forgot that dude's name. Dalbers, something, something like, Steve. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, moving moving on. Been fried, I just wonder if they hire this. those girls. I know they probably. I mean, there's a million girls down here that are like perfect, you know, tens. But I wonder yeah. if they like if there's a full on casting couch for The Price Is Right. Do you think Drew Carey's just like, well, you got to give me a blowjob, and then maybe you'll have the job? I don't know. How do you, how do you get around the whole cult of, you know, not that it's a cult, but the, the culture cult of blowjobs? Of, <laughs> no, the culture of sexual harassment. I mean, to not get just immediately sued for that type. There's got to be some type of trick 
where I, you say, you know, you'll get this job if you give me a blowjob, but you can, you know, if you ever say anything about it, you'll, you're going to lose the job or something like that. Well, I think but Drew still, Carey... It still, sometimes, it still seems like it would be in their best interest to sue the shit out of the show in that case. So it's, there's got to be some type of... Extortion black, that you could do, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think Drew Carey wouldn't be able to pull it off because he really does seem like a genuine nice guy, like a, just a nice fellow, like a cool dude. Whereas Bob Barker... That dude was just a baller. He was a baller. He was a pimp. Just yeah. slick and he knew what he was doing. And he and the reason the reason he got out of all those sexual harassment suits is because he had money. He settled out of court. And I think he was just like, you know what? I bet she's the type that was just like Let's just shut her up with a million dollars, and I'll make an ad where I'm petting a few seals that were about to be killed. But but let me let me come to the defense of Bob Barker for a second. And all men in the workplace. It's not a good idea to start any type of romantic tryst at work, but it's not necessarily illegal. You know, if Bob Barker is chatting up one of the showcase showgirls and she seems to be enjoying it and, you know, they go off and and have a little a little oral session in his dressing room, that's not necessarily harassment. I don't think that's harassment. I think it's harassment when her boyfriend finds out and she's like the relationship's got to stop and he's like, "Oh, if this stops, I'm going to have you fired. I'm going to ruin your reputation, and I'm going to tell everybody in, you know that works on the show that you're just a whore. I don't is, think I that's think harassment either. I don't think that's harassment either. I don't know. I think I it's mean, a, I think it's harassment when you are when you advance. <laughs> you make unwanted, unwanted unwanted sexual advances, and when it's clear that it's unwanted, you persist. I bet, you, I bet you she I bet you what happened in a lot of these cases is yeah, they, they probably did suck Bob's dick for just, you know, to either get promoted or to get a better position at the company. And or because then... he's a famous rich dude and and starlets are, you know, well, many of them are always trying to land a famous, rich old dude who will marry them, not want to have a lot of sex because he's getting older, and maybe even die and leave them tons of money. And, you know, they'll still be like 35 and now have tons of money and be able to go on and have a relationship with the pool boy. Well, actually, that Pfizer, doesn't mean it's harassment. Pfizer Drug Company specifically made Viagra for Bob Barker. Bob Barker called them and was like, <laughs> I want it. a drug that's going to make my dick hard. So they're like, what can we do? Because Bob Barker wants this. And they're like, oh, here's a blue pill. It's called Viagra. And he's just like, fine. He's like in the secret government. He's more powerful than the president. <laughs> I mean, he's the host of longtime host of Price Trade. Let me say this about Bob Barker, too. I did look this up on... Uh, Wikipedia. Um, you know, he married his high school sweetheart, Dorothy Joe Gideon, I was in 1945. About Jesus. <laughs> Before World War man? II was even over, right? And they stayed married for 36 years until they divorced because he found a showgirl? No, until she died in 1981 from lung cancer. Dude, I guarantee So you can was... say what you want about Bob Barker, but, you know, he was a good family man. At one point. Yeah, but I think behind the scenes, he was banging mad bitches. I bet you that guy was crawling an ass. Ass up to his elbows. More ass than a toilet seat at a strip you club. Know, you know, you, you're throwing around this accusation of, uh, of, of sexual harassment while probably perpetrating the crime of libel. <laughs> <laughs> so tone it down. Well, anyway, I'm and just Just remember, the- Bob Barker, if you or your lawyers are listening, I'm defending you. Well, just, okay, historically here, so Bob Barker had his first lawsuit in 1994 by a former model named Diane Parkinson. 
She sued him for uh, sexual harassment following a three-year affair that he had while working on The Price is Right. So See, he actually had a how, relationship isn't, with how, can, how does that not? Yeah, how does that not immediately just get thrown out of court? If you had a three-year relationship with him, you can't then claim it was sexual harassment at any point in time. Well, I think, right? and think about the lawyers that Barker has. You know, the he's most got, powerful lawyers in the world. He's got probably the best Jewish, like the most Jewish, like the most Jewy Jew lawyers you can possibly have. Like basically, yeah, I probably. bet you he has four Larry Davids defending him. You know, yeah. and there's nothing he can do. Sure. Like you know, there's nothing that the uh, you know uh, that this woman could do. So she ended up dropping the lawsuit. Um, she said it was the relationship was extorted by threats of firing, and uh, she ended up dropping the lawsuit. But in '95, a year any, later, um, she didn't get any pay payout at all. Not Diane Parkinson. Okay, but think about this: she was with him for three years. But in '95, uh, there's another model, Hallie Hallstrom. She exited The Price Is Right. She sued Barker for wrongful termination, malicious prosecution, and sexual harassment. Okay, um, but then Barker countersued her, saying she was disruptive. And for uh, committing slander by launching a media attack. He dropped his case. She did not. But they ended in a settlement in uh, 2005, like 10 years later. But beyond Which that. Which is not admission of guilt. Settling is not admission of guilt. It's just admission of, it's going to cost me more money to deal with you and prove myself right than just to pay you off. Or continue to have all these like court cases. So it's probably and plus yeah. think about Bob Barker and the, the million dollars, that, the millions and millions that that man has. You know, it's just one, one less ivory back scratcher, you know, for that guy. Anyway, Is he Jewish? Bar- Barker? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's one of those, it's a mystery, isn't it? Maybe. He could be, but he mm. might not. Barker isn't really a Jewish name, but it might be an alias. So after Halstrom. A gnome de game. <laughs> after Halstrom, there are two more models, Janice Pennington, Catherine Bradley, were both fired and then later received out of court financial settlements because of uh, um, because of sexual harassment. Then there were two production assistants that also received out of court settlements because of sexual harassment. And then finally, in two thousand seven, Deborah Curling, who was a CBS employee, assigned the Prices Right. She wasn't even a showgirl. She was forced to quit her job after testifying against Barker, and then uh, and uh, in a wrongful termination lawsuit brought on by a previous show producer. Curling claimed, though, this is different. Curling claimed that she was demoted to an intolerable, or she was demoted to an intolerable work environment backstage, which caused her to leave the job. Uh, She's black, and she alleged that the show's producers, including Barker, created a hostile work environment in which black employees and contestants were discriminated against. Bob Barker, I guess, would uh, would often say, "There's, you're picking too many black contestants. I only want one, if one, you know, every other show." Allegedly. Allegedly. That's what they say. I don't know. I mean, isn't Hollywood, the industry, and the television industry, and the movie industry, I mean, isn't this just kind of par for the course? I think, it, I think it just happens. Around. I just feel, though, that this is, uh, you know, quite a hefty amount of lawsuits for just one show. But then again, he had a, uh, a long career, an illustrious and, long and, career. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's copycat lawsuits. So once one person does it and is successful... It's just, it's like throwing blood into the water and the sharks come. Um, you know, what's interesting is when Drew Carey started hosting, the first thing they, they asked Bob Barker, like, I think Bob Barker retired in 2007 and then uh, Drew took over. And when uh, TMZ actually went and they interviewed Bob and they asked him, like, what do you think of the show now? He said, quote, Drew does a show differently than I did. I try to make the show really exciting. 
He doesn't do that. He just plays the games. <laughs> Backhanded. So I think he uh, was trying to diss him. Statement, I guess. I think he was trying to diss him, but later I guess he uh, he didn't retract that statement, but he kind of qualified it by saying, you know, I have a sizable royalty. I'm paid every year the show's on, so why would I criticize Drew? He's doing a fine job. Which is now. even more of a criticism. It's saying I would criticize more, but because I'm getting money, vested I won't. interest. Going These on old more. guys that have been in television forever. I mean, they really do not like to leave the arena. Isn't Regis about to step down? Well, I wonder, is it, do you think Barker stepped down or do you think he was forced out? Either because he's too old, maybe there's too much controversy, maybe he's just, an, you know, an, uh, just a, a, you know, a surly man to work with, difficult person to deal oh, with. Oh, I, I, I think it's just that he was too old. Well, all in all, I had a fabulous time at uh, The Price is Right. It's, you know, I totally recommend it to anybody who's, who's in L.A., you're visiting go check it out i mean i think you can go on their website and get tickets but thanks doc and kitty for inviting me and give me a ticket to that and uh i know it's gonna be kind of hard to top the prices right but i do hope doc has a good rest of his birthday i mean i think the only way you could top the prices right experience is if you went to a strip club with bob barker himself and an eight ball of cocaine that might be fun that would that would probably be a good story Wacker, yeah. this is episode uh, 295 here of Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show. We had three stories. The first one was about an angry man in Pennsylvania. The angriest man, actually, in Pennsylvania. Second was about uh, playing a game of Gay Clue in Arkansas. And the third yeah, was about clue. the sordid tale of Jorge Fritzalero. Um, You know, I, I wasn't surprised. that The third story, Jorge Fritzalero, Mexican Fritzel, that ended up winning. By, a lot, by like a landslide. I think everybody was kind of sickened by that. El Encido! <laughs> People, you know the way Sick and Wrong works. Wacken and I present the most disturbing news items of the week. Audience votes. Winner gets a Sick and Wrong care package. Send your stories to Sick and Wrong Podcast at hotmail.com. Submit them through Facebook or via Twitter to either one of our accounts. Um, Wacken, we got a few good uh, stories here for this week's show. But before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. You know, I'm going to try to do this in a Price is Right voice. Can you do the intro music? This is going to be your audition tape? Yeah, I might actually use this to uh, send it in. All right, all right. Three, two, I'm going to do the song first. Don't start okay. talking. Action. <laughs> oh, wait, you done that? I was kind of getting into it. That was That's good, dude. That's all I can dude. do. That was That's good. That's all I can do. That was Go pretty damn good. the worst okay. audition tape ever. All right, all right. Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, information, and educational programming. Content from Audible is downloaded and played back on personal computers, CDs, or the iPod player. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. Audible has over 1,000 science and technology titles and over 1,100 science fiction and fantasy titles, with more being added all the time. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial today. Get your free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash diddle. How'd that sound? Um, it got better towards the end, but you need to you need to be more earnest. You were a little too shticky. Dude, price is yeah. right's all about the shtick. No, no, it's not. Dude, you can stick that slide whistle up your fucking ass. <laughs> See, that is not gonna give you the job at all, that type of attitude. Does not take direction well. I'm writing that in your notes. Well, Wacker, I think it's time to kick off the show. Let me start it off with the first listener submission here for episode 294. 
So um, this first story was sent in by L. Ray via Twitter. Um, no, no comment or anything. Just sending in. Just L. Ray. A man seriously injured in potato gun explosion. Potato uh, gun. That kind of reminds me of a, an explosive device from my youth, the Drano bomb. Remember those? Yes. Well, I remember both. I knew people making potato potato guns were big in the Ireland during the Troubles, or I don't know, are the Troubles still going on? I don't, I don't know. I never knew of anybody who made a potato gun, but the the, the Drano bomb was very popular. It was like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it was a like a twenty ounce bottle of soda. Here, kid, here, kids, let's tell you exactly how to make it. <laughs> You'd put in some crumpled pieces of tinfoil, some Drano. And then what? Wait, wait, start over, start over. (laughs) Let's get things. We didn't use 20 ounce bottles. We used the full two liter. Oh, you know, I've only used a full two liter maybe once. Oh, yeah, we did all the time. And you don't don't fill the bottle up. You only put it like maybe the bottom 10% of the bottle. You put Drano in there. And then you throw in. And then you roll up like 10 or 12 little tiny balls of tinfoil. Like the size of maybe a raisin, maybe a little bit bigger than a raisin, and then you shake it up and get rid of you it. Put, quickly. You put the ball. Wait, sh- okay, <laughs> and wait. then you put the balls in the bottle. You got to be exact here if you're going to be teaching the delinquents of today. You put the little tinfoil balls in the bottle with the Drano, so they're floating around. Screw the cap on as tight as you can. Shake it up. Throw it in a sewer or a mailbox and run your ass off. Yeah, that, that's typically what we did. And we always kind of did it on Devil's Night, the night before Halloween. It was like oh groups God. of us. We would, we would do it every day, every week of the year. I just remember Devil's Night was, in, you know, during the day we would be preparing like 20 different Drano bombs. You're putting your backpacks, you got your tinfoil that okay. you'd buy, yeah. and it was just like, this is going to be the best. We're going to blow up all these mailboxes. Yeah, don't, don't, don't pre-mix the Drano bombs no, no. and put you in your backpack. You can pre-mix <laughs> keep, the Drano. Keep the, keep the ingredients separate while they're in your backpack. Well, you could put the Drano in the bottle, but don't add the tinfoil yet. Keep no, that, yeah, or you keep might blow out. your fucking back off. Yeah, that's what happened to a lot of people. So Actually, anyway. you, you really shouldn't be doing this at all because somebody <laughs> might open the mail. I recommend not putting it in the mailbox. <laughs> I, recommend, I recommend putting them in the sewer. I recommend getting a book from audible.com and learning something <laughs> rather than committing a random act of violence. I would just like to point out that somebody might open the mailbox and it might explode in their face and then you might be f- facing like third degree, you know, assault or maiming or murder charges. Well, it's interesting cuz back in the day when we did this, which was like 1991, you know, right. I think we maybe would get like a not even I think you get like a fine or something. Or driven home and a little fine. Because back then it was like, oh, you stupid kids. You know, you ne'er do well. So I'm going to give you a slap on the wrist. But now I think you'd be considered like a terrorist. Like committing some yeah. kind of act of terrorism. So I think I would be nervous to do it. You might find your ass in Guantanamo. Yeah, exactly. Fair warning. So what happened here, this happened in Kentucky. Uh, police said, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, actually. Louisville. Uh, police Louisville. said they received a report of a shooting um, on Monday where they found... And then when they investigated, they found a 53-year-old man, John Bertholm, lying in the street. 53 years old. Seems a little old to me to be making a potato gun. What's the age, like the age range for making potato guns? Like, when do you stop? In Kentucky or in the rest of the country? Just in general. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Kentucky. I I uh, think you should stop when you're 
19 or 20. <laughs> well, I kind of felt that Drano bomb sort of ended when we were 16 and we could get a car and we'd drive around, get high, and try to get scam on chicks. You know, well, I think yeah, that's but, but I, I would say potato gun is a little bit later in life because you do have to have to get gunpowder to make it. Actually, I think you can make a potato gun without gunpowder if you use an like a flammable aerosol. All right, you know, Wackley, you got to stop giving away um, terrorist <laughs> terrorist uh, <laughs> techniques here. All this shit is on the internet. <laughs> this has become if, like if the alternative cookbook podcast, and now we got all these all, young terrorists <laughs> listening. It's all on the internet. I, I'm not. <laughs> Anybody has to just Google it and they can figure out anything. He's like the leader of the IRA over here. Um. Anyway, before you start telling people how to make a nuclear reactor or something, <laughs> <laughs> there might be a Pakistani listening. Um. Berthiom, Berthiom suffered injuries to his right arm. See, beware, kids. You make a nuclear reactor in your basement. You make a potato gun. This is what's going to happen to you. It's not all fun and games. Yeah, until someone gets hurt. Berthiom suffered injuries to his right arm and leg when his homemade potato gun exploded. The victim's brother, and this guy right here, the victim's brother, is my favorite character in this story. Tony. Okay. Tony said it appeared that his brother put too much black powder into that thing, which I think he's, uh, in his professional opinion, um, he was saying there's too much gunpowder in the device. I told, I done told him. <laughs> Not so much powder on that tater. I guess it stressed the metal out, and it just blew up. I'm sure it said, he really said, blew the fucker up, but they probably took that out. <laughs> or um, blowed up. Which they, I think yeah, is blowed the, up. It's is, the, the, proper, the proper phrasing in Kentucky is blowed up. <laughs> That's like grammatically correct in Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, Martha Dodd, neighbor, said that the explosion sent shrapnel into her home across the street. She said, I looked out the door and I saw him sitting on the ground and I said, you just shot a hole in my house. I don't think that really concerned Bertham at that point because uh, according to Tony, Bertham's brother, another one of his keen observations, he's got a chunk of his arm torn up. His butt cheek, his thigh, and lower calf on his right side all tore it up. Chunk of meat was hanging off of his arm. You could see to the bone. So I <laughs> Clear think, down um, to the bone. Fact. <laughs> I think his brother, his 53-year-old brother, uh, definitely was... Um, not in a good state of, you know, state of disrepair there. It definitely what wasn't was he good trying state. to shoot with that there tater gun? Does yeah, that's a, you know, they don't really say that. They also don't say how old Tony is. Uh-huh. Like, do you think he was impressing his younger brother? Or do you think they're just like two guys? Well, somebody was going to be impressed. <laughs> you think they're like two guys who never moved out of their parents' home. They reached middle age. Parents died. Now they own the home. Yes, I think that's exactly <laughs> the type of situation we're dealing with here. <laughs> Uh, Berthelm will be charged with wanton endangerment, but he didn't die. So in the sick and wrong wanton, st- <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, you know he didn't die. Two idiots, two inbreds, probably um, firing potato guns in the street. It's kind of gruesome what actually happened to him. I'm going to give this a three. A three. <laughs> it's a three. It's a I'm going to give it a, a three and a. I'm going to give it a four. It's kind of run of the mill. You hear about these, every but don't year. forget the the tater went clear through the neighbor's wall of her house. Like you can take somebody's head off with a potato gun. Really? Does, I, the does apocryphal, the apocryphal, the apocryphal knowledge that I was passed down in in my youth was that the the tater, if unobstructed, <laughs> could travel up to a mile away. So you had to watch out about your potato gun. So you could kill somebody with one of those. Yeah. I had no idea. 
And we also, or sorry, people used to make them out of PVC pipe. And it sounds like this one was made out of metal, which means there could like be a more explosive force contained within the barrel. Does it cook the potatoes? So like by the time it hits no. you, you got this no. like, you know, like TGI Fridays browns. kind of. <laughs> you can just kind of be like, more Tabasco. But, I would uh, be mad at you because you did knock my eye out, but uh, no. you blackened my eye, but you gave me this nice potato. No, it's like it launches this a dense, like large potato at a high velocity. I don't think it cooks it. It could be though. I don't think anybody ever found the potato after it was fired. (laughs) What do you have here for the uh, second story? Let me tell you. This happened there in Swindon, <laughs> over that, in the Eng- England town, Eng- can't that country, England. I wish Swindon. they spoke like that in the UK, because then you does. know you know they how every equivalent. girl like suddenly starts you know her panties moist every time they hear a, a person from the UK speak. Wouldn't it be great if they all spoke like inbreds from Kentucky? And if you could just do your inbred voice and and make their panties equally moist, or then they would find our accents way more attractive. Oh, true. I guess I see what you're saying there. Yeah. Well, in a perfect world, which we don't live in. We live in a fallen world. See if you can tell in my story what the device is that I'm talking about. It's not a potato gun. No. (laughs) That's your first clue is it's not a potato gun. It's also not a Drano bomb. All right. Anthony Smith is accused of using a device that he bought in Spain. That's your first clue. He bought it in Spain. He used it to attack his wife, who suffered stomach cramps for days. <laughs> That's your second clue. Mm. It's a device that you can buy in Spain and gives your wife stomach cramps for days. Do they have burrows in Spain? I don't know. I'm... Is that your guess? Why don't you wait till I give you some more clues? <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, I'm going to wait here. An- Anthony Smith is 42. And his wife, Terry, uh, smashed a mirror over his head in an argument. The, the mirror is not the device, by the way. I will give you, that's another clue. It's not a mirror. The woman picked up a mirror and smashed it over her husband's head because of an argument? They had a fight. That's a hell yeah, of a fight. Um, they'd been drinking all day. Uh, actually, I'm going to move to the later part of the article. I'll explain this to you. They had been, um, they'd been married for 13 years, and they'd been drinking in the Green Bay's Snooker Club in Swindon. Miss Smith said she had consumed up to five pints of Carling Lager and was merry. They were watched. They went home and they were watching television and eating a Chinese takeaway when she became overwhelmed with emotion at their volatile marriage. She said, "And volatile is her exact words." It's a quote. She suddenly flipped over the coffee table and grabbed a seven-foot mirror from the wall, which she uh, smashed over his head. I don't know what came over me. You know. I think she might be the cause of a lot of this volatility in this marriage. I mean, she is getting angry and smashing a mirror over her hubby's head. On this day, you're probably true. You're probably correct. But, you know, who knows what Anthony gets up to on the off days, the even days. Yeah, when, like, when he comes home and his bangers and mash are cold. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I'm not using my Monty Python old lady voice for this woman. I'm using my sultry if Kathleen Turner did an English accent voice. It kind of sounds like, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Mirren, the one that you like. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren, yeah. Well, I would not be so bold as to do an impression of her. 
<laughs> my tits aren't, aren't quite nearly as big. <laughs> Um, but still, back to the device. Remember, you're trying to guess the device. He is accused of blasting her with the device up to five times for between 20 and 30 seconds. Afterwards, he's then said to have dragged his wife outside by the hair, kicking her head during the incident. Uh, hmm. So have you guessed yet? You know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> It gives you stomach cramps. In my mind. You can blast I'm, her for I'm, 20 or 30 seconds with it. You buy it in Spain. Okay, here's here's my best guess, and this is my final answer. I'm thinking it is a big boxing glove that's on one of those like spring mechanism things that you press a button, and it shoots out the boxing glove and uh, hits somebody in the face. Hmm. And then it, you can retract it. That would it be back here's a, here's a quote from her. That would be a good a good guess because one of the quotes is she went to her daughter's house and she said. I had a very black eye, and the pain was bad. I was shaky, emotional, and upset. That's a, you know. I was hoping you were going to guess a big black black butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> that was my second. Oh, guess, and, and let me give you the. I, I forgot a clue. The thing is called the black cobra. <laughs> wow, God! Now I'm thinking it's like one of those blackjack things that come out, and you just can beat somebody. You know, those like yeah. little things that. Well, that's wrong. It wasn't a big black dildo. It wasn't one of those big black boxing gloves on a retractable arm. It wasn't a blackjack. It was actually a taser. (laughs) So wait, this guy bought a taser in Spain, and he used it on his wife? Yes, like five (laughs) or six times, actually, for 20 to 30 seconds each. Um... Wow, it's you know this is totally shattering my conception of like these you know Englishmen being badasses like Daniel Craig. Like you look at Daniel Craig, you're like, oh, that guy. You know, he's he's got swagger and he's a badass. And it's like, here here he is probably, you know, behind closed doors, stun gunning his wife because she gave him some back sass. What part of that isn't badass? <laughs> <laughs> she says, uh, I felt something sharp. I was jabbed three, four, five times in my stomach. It was a sharp stabbing pain. I heard the clicky sound of the gun three or four times. I backed away. He dragged me through the front door very hard by my hair. Some people wow. pay for this type of treatment. You understand that, right? Yeah, I mean, this would be like some kind of role playing, like you know, mostly like men. But I, there must be some women who are into being dominated like this, right? That aren't getting paid for it. I think the only one is Kendra. Um, <laughs> I think that's the only one, actually. But maybe, maybe there's another. I don't know. So wow, I'm kind of bummed out. I really thought it was like uh, you know, I had this mental image of this. This cool device that this guy kind of wore on his chest. Like, remember that kid in Goonies, the Asian kid? Yeah. He had that, like, device on his chest. And he could just press it and be like, you know, shut up, woman. Quit your back's ass. And it's the, the boxing glove. Well, that was, before, that was before tasers were invented. Yeah. Cops, a lot of police departments throughout the country were actually on the verge of adopting that, that boxing glove device from Goonies. Even though <laughs> that movie came out in 1981, it took them quite a while to evaluate it. And then the taser company invented the taser. The taser, yeah. And the dude who invented that boxing glove on a retractable arm, he kind of was fucked. Yeah, and they, you know, exactly. And then his product just became outmoded. But, you know, well, n- now it's more of a, a novelty comedy device. So we'll my, always have that my question is... About this guy. Did you think this guy bought, purchased the Black Cobra for the sole purpose of eventually using it on his wife? If not fully consciously, subconsciously, yes. <laughs> I have to say yes. 
So what was, what was the outcome here? Uh, well, she went to the hospital. You know, she had stomach cramps, and uh, they are. Uh, are they still see. together? No, I mean, she was arrested worse? because don't forget, she smashed a mirror over his head. That's what started started this whole thing. She was arrested following the incident, but no further action has been taken against her. Mr. Smith denies assault, and the case continues. So I don't think he's in custody, but he's being, you know, do you think hauled, the, in, hauled do you, up on charges. Do you think the Bobbies confiscated that Black Cobra? They're just like, you know what? You can have your wife beat her back. No, no, I'm sure that device is illegal in the UK, which is why he bought it in Spain and smuggled it back up his ass, like, most likely. <laughs> so on the second wrong star scale... I mean, this is rather abusive. I mean, it's definitely egregious in terms of abuse, but I, I think we've done stories. I don't like to compare them to other stories. I, I just think if you take this at face value, what exactly happened, I'm going to give this four stars. Just because yeah. he got a mirror smashed above his head, and then he pulled out and tasered his wife eight times. Yes. And let me, I forgot to do the intro, which I always do. It's kind of like my trademark is to not tell who sent the story in. He says, hey, Puftas. Just seen this. Bet she was body popping like a motherfucker. Bzzz, take that, bitch. Roger, 38, firefighter. I like it when he puts his age and occupation. <laughs> I wish a lot of our, our submitters would be that specific. It's kind of good to know. Like We know this guy's career. We know how old he is. And uh, we know how impressed he is that this dude tased his wife for some back sass here. I, I just watched the six-part documentary on monty python which is on netflix streaming and it was pretty great and uh i forgot that they would always do those fake letters to mont to 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 the bbc about the show and they would always do that the english you know the like i would like to say that this this episode greatly disturbed me and they would say like roger 38 Queen's Admiral of the Navy. They'd always put the, their <laughs> occupation also. So I think that's what this guy's doing. You know, I think from this point, like from this point forward, going forward here, anybody that submits an article, we need career and we need age. Okay, age. it's the official sign- for- signature format of the show now. And you can lie, obviously, but let's at least put something funny in there. Totally, I, I, I like that. I like to know the career here. Um, on the Sigmar Star scale, what are you giving this story? 4.5. 4.5. Just to top you. Just to top me. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, the third story that we have here, the final story for episode 295, uh, came in from Nicole in Winnipeg. She says, I bet D has had eel treatment before. Eel treatment. Oh, eel treatment. That's eel treatment. Ill treatment. Not ill treatment. Eel treatment. That's what I meant. Um, eel removed from man's bladder... After entering penis during beauty spa, an erratic eel wriggled its way up a man's penis and into his bladder following an, a- following an accident during an unorthodox beauty spa treatment in China. Erratic or errant? No, erratic. This is an erratic eel. This is an eel that just, you know, he was crazy. <laughs> Get that <laughs> he was, eel of value. It was just not acting normal, like normal eel behavior here. He probably um, has ADD. Zhang Nan was bathing with live tiny eels to cleanse his skin when one of the rogue serpents took a liking to his manhood. You know, if you think about it, they're probably roughly the same size. They kind of look alike, especially <laughs> for an uncircumcised Chinese man. Uh, the eel treatment <clears throat> that uh, Zhang Nan was having is a similar concept to the popular London spawns that offer fish pedicures. 
Have you ever seen that wackerly, the fish pedicure? Yes, I have, actually. Yeah, I saw this in Prime. You should explain it to the listeners, though, that aren't so in tune with beauty spa culture as we are. Well, it's, you know, it's funny. I saw this in Prague, and I was just kind of like, wow, I'm surprised that so many people would voluntarily sit in the, a storefront window with their feet in an aquarium getting their dead skin being eaten off by these little tiny fish, like these little eel fish or whatever the hell they are. But these yeah, people would just kind of sit actually, there. I don't think the foot thing, they're not actually eels. They're actually actual fish, right? I think those are is fish. Is an eel a fish? Yeah. It doesn't think, have scales. It's more slimy. I, I don't know what an eel is. Let's move on. Yeah, but I think the the ones that that I'm talking about with the uh, the salons they have the little pools and you stick your feet and they're like little tiny fish and they come up and they're eat actually the dead skin. like some type of a little tiny piranha that will bite the skin off your feet. Yeah, like a, like something a sucker fish or something. It's kind of gross. It's gross to see. It's gross to see the dead skin like sloughing off into the water and like the fish right. like going crazy. It's just kind of a gross situation all in all. But all these people like all these tourists in Prague were like, I want to show the world my gross, disgusting feet. Well, yeah, they a, do it up. They do it in San Francisco and Oakland, also. So it's not completely foreign. Well, this I think is a bit different. Like, um, this is like a full body thing, and with the eels, not fish. Like, so thinking that the eels would make him look ten years younger, non dove into the water and let them feast upon layers of his dead skin. But after laying in the spa bath for a little bit, he felt a sharp pain. And he realized that a small eel was working its way up his urethra and into his bladder. <laughs> Says uh, Zong here, I climbed into the bath and I could feel the eels nibbling my body. It's got to be weird. But then suddenly I felt a severe pain and I realized that an eel had gone into the end of my penis. Said the 56-year-old from uh, Hongu, Hubei. Yeah, he's not a young guy. He's a 56-year-old man here. Why is he undergoing this beauty treatment? I mean, well, he said he either, thought it would make him look ten years younger. But he's either he's either a dirt poor farmer, you know, who eats cow feces for dinner, <laughs> or you know, he's a high up uh, party official who can fuck any girl he wants, no matter what he looks like. I don't understand this. Yeah, could it I be mean... that I don't understand the culture of China from my internet <laughs> <laughs> education? <laughs> How could that he, be? He said, I tried to hold it. I, I don't even want to attempt an Asian accent. It's just going to come across sounding racist, and I just don't want yeah, to go there. That's the last thing we want to do. I tried to hold it and take it out, but the eel was too slippery to be held, and it disappeared up my penis. Now, that's got to oh, be... Oh, can you imagine that moment where you actually do have it just by the tail, and you're like... I might be able to pull it out. It might not it go just slips. my penis. And then it slips, and you're like, I had it. I had it. But think about it this way, though. It's got to be one of the worst, like, you know, revelations that you could have when you're like, wow, something just disappeared up my dick hole. I would feel worse about letting go of that fish's t that eel's tail as it went up my penis than if I were holding onto your hand as you were suspended over a mountain cliff <laughs> and I let go of your hand. <laughs> Like I would get over it's that good to really know, quickly. Uh, how you feel the about eel, me, the eel being up my pee hole? <laughs> I would not get over quickly. And plus, you know, at that point when an eel is in your dick hole, there's nothing you can really do except worry about it and dwell on it. If, exactly. you, if you fell into the canyon, 
there's a chance I might live. You know, I mean, there, maybe I may be deformed or something, well, and I that, know you that's would take care of there, me. But I would be able but yeah, to something put it out of my mind. I mean, I would be able to focus on my own survival. Like within five or, or two or maybe even 30 well, seconds. even if you think about it on top of this, you always hear stories about things disappearing up someone's asshole. So that's not, that's relatively commonplace compared to something disappearing up your dick hole. You know, I feel like and, it's retrievable. And on top of that, I'm surprised that an, e- an eel didn't also go up his asshole. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're small enough, him? obviously. So he rushed himself to the hospital. The man underwent a three-hour operation to remove the six-inch eel which was dead by the time doctors found it. Uh, the wait, surgeon, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It was six inches? Six inches long, this thing. I thought we were talking about like a mini, like half-inch eel. So are you saying that his penis probably wasn't six inches in size? No, I'm just saying I'm much more disgusted now. Those little, those little fish that we were talking about that, that bite people's foot skin off, I mean, those things are, are like an inch, a they're half like an guppies. inch to an inch. They're tiny. Yeah, they're very small. But this is a, this is a six-inch eel. I know. And so what are you saying, that his cock was probably three inches? I'm saying whatever score I was going to give it before, it just went up like a point and a half. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that you understood that that's a stereotype that we do not promote here. Yeah, I know you're trying to lead me down this path, but I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> So the I, surgeon, I've watched, you know what? I've watched enough porn. Most people say, oh, I've watched enough porn to know that Asians have small penises. My answer to that is, you haven't watched enough porn. Because I've watched enough porn to see plenty of Asians with huge cocks. What porn is that? I've never seen an Asian porn with, hu- with a guy, an, a- an Asian guy in a porn with a huge cock. Like hung you've bigger never, than like John you, Holmes you or Ron Jeremy. You weren't even listening to what I just said. Okay, wait. All right. You haven't watched enough porn. If you haven't seen porn with an Asian guy with a huge cock, then you haven't watched enough porn. I want to know what site you're going to because I've never all seen them. All of them. All of them. Uges, XNXX, RedTube. If you watch enough porn with Asian guys in it, not that I'm. Okay. <laughs> see, that's not, <laughs> not that I'm going to look at. I'm watching so porn with t- Asian women in it. When and you, a lot of them have Asian guys, and some of those Asian guys have cocks that are bigger than mine. So That's when awesome. you do a search in UGIS, are you like Asian man massive schlong? Is that what you're... <laughs> no. <laughs> and if I did that, even without... See, that proves my point even more. Even without searching on that, I still see a lot of porn with Asian guys with big dicks. I'm taking your word for that. This is one, one thing I do like about Asian I'll send people. You, I'll send you a bunch of links, okay? <laughs> this is one thing I do like about Asian people. Sometimes their surnames... This is like a common surname. Surgeon Jim Jin Wang said that because of the eel's slippery nature, it was able to make a smooth entry into the genitals of uh, of Nan here. The diameter of a urethra in a man's penis is just a little narrower, but because eels are slippery, its body worked as a lubricant, so it got into the penis smoothly. Can we it's- get your brother on the line? Because I want to know what kind of handkerchief I put in my back pocket that lets other gays know... I don't like having eels up my penis all. <laughs> You're just not into eel play. I'm not into eel play. What color handkerchief does that mean? God, I don't, you know, I have no idea. But it's got to be like kind of uh, like reflective or something, like shiny, <laughs> like luminescent. Yeah, luminescent. Um, so, Wackerly, this is going to affect the way I, I, I score this story. Do you think this was intentional in any way? Like... Because I think we had mean, a story. Are you saying that? Well, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I think we had a story in the past where some guy said he was. I, I, I kind of recall a story similar to this in the past where someone else got something trapped in his dick hole, 
But obviously, he was putting it in his dick hole. Whereas this guy, do you think this guy felt it and was like, oh, that's oddly pleasurable, and then just kind of like it got too far up, and then he lost hold of it, and then just went in there? Or do you think this is like purely accidental? I mean, after doing almost 300 sick and wrong episodes, I wouldn't put it past the guy (laughs) that he wasn't doing it intentionally. You know, I'm going to give I mean, this guy I, here's, the here, of the here's doubt. what backs up that that idea for me. Apparently, you know, he was at a spa, right? You know, some type of a spa that that provides this eel treatment. And yeah. because it's China, they've probably been doing it for a thousand years because it's a very old country and culture, and they've never had this problem before. Yeah, that's I find that highly unlikely. So this backs up your argument that the guy was trying to get the eel up his dickhole. Yeah, I, w- I wonder if anyone's ever actually had a similar situation. I'm surprised. You know, I'm going to give this guy, because he's a 56-year-old man, I don't know why that's playing into my decision here. I'm going to give this a benefit of the doubt and say this wasn't intentional, this was an accident, and it's completely horrifying, and it's a five-star. I got to give it a five. Yeah, either way, I give it a five-star. I mean, an eel crawled all the way up his dick hole. Yeah, there's, the, the guy had a, an eel in his dick hole. It's just disgusting. People, you can decide who won episode 295 here. Go vote, sickandwrongpodcast.com. Well, wackily, we're nearing the end of the show. Got a few phone calls. Uh, We got a uh, thought experiment actually coming up. It's a new segment I want to do on the show. Um, Before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. Spice to your sex life? Go to adamandeve.com. You'll get 50% off your purchase, free shipping, two adult DVDs, and a product so sensual, we can't even mention it on this podcast. No, no. Just type the coupon code DIDDLE upon checkout. So, Wacker, we got a few phone calls here, the Sick and Wrong Hotline. People, you can call us at 206-666-3846. Remember to keep it under three minutes, and don't be retarded. All right? I, you know, take that how you want. Just don't be retarded. If you're so retarded, we're probably not going to play it on the show. Like, you got to be somewhat coherent. Like some, I think there, a lot of there people... Is, there, is a, there is a retardation critical mass, though. Yeah, that's true. If you're if you're if you hit the critical mass of retardation, there is a chance we could play it. I don't want to encourage anybody, but yeah, I don't know. Whatever, just give us a call two zero six 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 three eight four six. So here's the uh, first call. Uh, some dude had a dream about you, Wackerly. I think you um, I think you play a starring role in his masturbation theater. <laughs> okay. Hey, second wrong. This trap from Alaska. So I had a fucked up dream last night. Lance Wackerly, I went to visit him in the hospital because he's getting his mangina installed. Uh-huh. <laughs> and fucking dragons attacked us. And we were running for our lives with Lance Wackerly with a fresh new pussy. And he was still wearing his hospital gown, carrying an IV bag while we're fucking running from his goddamn dragon. And fucking Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny is on here. 
<laughs> coming with us. And yeah, I just thought that was kind of fucked up. It was a very strange dream. I don't know if Wackerly as a woman is somehow attractive in my subconscious because he's got mad nerd cred. And now that he's got a vagina, he makes my dick hard. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I thought that was second wrong. Later, fellas. Well, how does Danny DeVito play into that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, whether your mangina, you know, arouses this guy. Well, what is Danny DeVito doing there? He's there for backup. So backup my, pussy. My question is, do you think this dream was wet or dry? I don't know. <laughs> There's no good way I can answer that question. I think it, it falls in the category of most dreams about you, actually. Wet. But Tri- sure. Tri- you know who Triv is, don't you? Triv? Yeah, is he? he's yeah. a forum poster, right? He's a long-time forum poster. And his uh, girlfriend is also a long-time forum poster, and I believe her handle is Anal Muffin. So what do you think Anal Muffin's opinion of her boyfriend having dreams about you and, uh, and uh, Frank Reynolds? Damien it was Vito. probably fine until she looked over and noticed he had a giant throbbing erection. <laughs> and she was just basted in uh, man juice, just ball milk all over the bed. You know, she's probably upset I've never about had that. A, I've never had a wet dream with a girl in the bed. Have you? <laughs> you know what? No. It'd be quite embarrassing. No, well, because you, you kind of stop having wet dreams. when you, you know, If you're sleeping with a girl, you probably don't need to have a wet dream. You know? Yeah, I don't think I've had a wet dream for a long time. <laughs> well, um, it's a very interesting dream. I don't really know what to say about that. Um, you're lucky that we're not actually even playing this that gay theme for that because I almost <laughs> wanted to, but I'm just going to let that one go. Okay? Well, he it's... didn't say, give him credit, he didn't say we fucked in the dream. We just ran from a dragon. <laughs> technically, technically, it doesn't fit into the is that gay thing. So, yeah. yeah. I think it would make Game of Thrones a lot more interesting if you were in it with a mangina and Danny DeVito is in an IV bag. Yeah. (laughs) Showing up randomly in scenes. So the second the second call here is actually a girl who earnestly is is seeking our advice. Hey Dean Lance. This is first class bitch. Um, I'm calling you from Germany. I have an emergency. Uh, I made an ass of myself last night. I got really drunk at my posh friend's apartment and I barfed and uh, it was really bad. Everybody knows about it. I barfed in his toilet. I got to say, I love the word barf. You don't hear it that often anymore. People will say vomit or I puked, but puke doesn't sound as cool or as descriptive as barf. Like barf is almost onomatopoeia. Because it kind of barf is good. Yeah, it's a, it's a good word, and I do, I do appreciate her saying this. And he's moving, and someone opened the door, and the sound of my barf was like echoing through the whole apartment. <laughs> and I'm really embarrassed. And then my friends called me a taxi, and then I my friend other friend took me home in the taxi, and then I barfed in the taxi <laughs> again. And I need your help. You got to tell me how am I going to face these people ever again i'm so embarrassed um also am i too old for this shit i am almost 30 i feel like an (laughs) idiot what can i do to make it up to my friends that's my question anyway keep it sick keep it wrong bye too old how could she be too old 
I don't think you're well, ever we... too old to barf at someone's party. Can we make new theme music, which is like, uh, maybe we can work on the title, but l- the working title is, I wish I had your problems. <laughs> <laughs> she she thinks she's 30 and she thinks she's too old to puke at a party, number one. Number two, she's embarrassed because she barfed in the bathroom, in the toilet of some guy's apartment. Like but, when you say I'm embarrassed because I puked at some guy's apartment, like my mind it does not go to, and it was in the toilet. I guess she puked in the cab, but who the fuck cares about a dirty cab driver? Exactly. You know the, the you know what's funny about this is I can I can count on probably I can't even count on two hands how many times I've puked in a cab. It, you know I've done it quite a few times, and I've never cared. I didn't even tip the guy any more than I should have. <laughs> I just was just like, all right, you know, sorry, Punjab, you're going to have to clean up some puke tonight and then get out of the cab. And it's just like, whatever. And the guy's screaming at me in Arabic and it's just like, ah, it's done. You know, I wouldn't care about that. But let's escalate beyond that. I one time I've done a shot (laughs) like facing somebody and it's been like that one that last straw that broke the camel's back shot and then I sneezed and barf like went on the person's face. Projectile vomit into your friend's face. That would yeah. be embarrassing. Puking in a toilet and a bunch of people hearing about it, that's not embarrassing. Taking or, or a shit I was thinking she was going to yeah, or I was thinking she was going to say like she puked all over the kitchen and it went over all the pots and pans and and the rain. I thought she was going to say she started rooster tailing. That's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, puking from both ends. That's embarrassing. What you did is not embarrassing. You know, put it this way. This is how I would handle this. It's interesting. The other night, I was at a lecture by uh, the guy that did that show, that series Disinformation, Richard Metzger. Right. And Richard Metzger was uh, playing a bunch of his videos that he did for bands back in, like, the 80s. He did a Butthole Surfers video. And he did a video for Bong Water. And... Uh-huh. uh there's a girl that was a lead singer of one of the bands that used to be a dancer for the Butthole Surfers back in the day when they're kind of insane before yeah. they started sucking in the 90s. Anyway, the Butthole they Surfers sold out, man. The Butthole Surfers called this girl Tada the shit girl. And the reason they <laughs> called her Tada the shit girl and she she referred to herself as Tada the shit girl. And the reason she did this is because I guess she used to be a stripper somewhere in Times Square when Times Square used to be seedy and some dude like Paid her extra to fuck her ass with a dildo, and she had been having stomach problems that day, and she ended up like fucking her ass and just totally just shooting out diarrhea all over this dude. And then, mm-hmm. like, the guy freaked out, and the person that, you know, was running the strip club was just like, ta da, shit girl. <laughs> and so, ever since then, she earned this, you know, this moniker. So, I'm thinking this girl should own it. I think she should be like, ta da, the barf girl. Just be barf girl. Who cares? Yeah, but but back to my point, I mean, I would kind of call her out on that, you know. Well, why do they call you Tada the Barf Girl? Well, I got drunk one day and I puked in a guy's toilet in his apartment. I'd be like, that does not earn you the moniker of Tada the Barf Girl. Come back to me when you've barfed all over the party like a, you know, like a rotating sprinkler. I'm just saying this is a rite of passage for this chick. I think this is a badge of honor. Don't don't run from it. Don't be embarrassed by it. When they bring it up, be like, yeah, I'll barf again on your house. I'll be lucky I didn't barf in your bed. Next time, I'm going to step up my game. <laughs> so be ready. It'll be like a Gallagher show. Bring your raincoat. Yeah, it's like I'm going to eat a value pack of Taco Bell, so you're going to be worried. You're going to be worried, man.
Might be a rooster tail. Well, child. but that that brings up a you know that is a good point though. What what was the barf consisting of? Yeah, that's true. I mean, we don't know that. You know, that 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 does kind of weigh into the uh, the, the opinion. Either you know, it can whatever. tilt the balance either way. It's neither here nor there. Just own it. Be barf girl. Just you're barf girl from now on. We're calling you barf girl. You call in again. I don't think, we're I don't calling think you that's barf what girl. she wanted to hear, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on board for this. Here's, here's the last call to the Sacred Room Hotline. Dude, Lance Walkway, you guys are awesome. Wasted second year of uh, college here and drunk as fuck. Here's a Rhodes Scholar. Is <laughs> <laughs> he at Oxford? He, he's so drunk, he can't even pronounce your name properly. What do you mean? I'm Lance Wiley. <laughs> well, let's see what Genius has to say. You guys are awesome. I just want to say the most sickest people in the world are paramedics. I just got done taking a first aid course here this summer. That uh, paramedic actually showed up late by half an hour because she was wasted and she quit her job. Right, this really alarms me. I find this very alarming. These are the people... And when you get in a car accident, you're depending, you know, on, on these people for saving your life. This guy, this guy is going to be giving you CPR wackily. How do you feel about that? Well, I got I maybe he didn't say he's a paramedic. He said he took a first aid class. He want, he's probably training to be a paramedic. In pe- people who aren't you, <laughs> who consider <laughs> helping people once in a while, maybe in the future, sometimes they'll take a first aid class and not be. be not necessarily be on the paramedic track. All right. Well, maybe maybe he's doing this because yeah, he goes to Devry but, or but, something, but and that's a, your, an your point. Kind of stands because he's as much of a fuck up as this guy is. A paramedic was teaching the class, and, and he she was, was wasted. Yeah, she was wasted so much that he was disturbed by her behavior. Yeah, and how she is the girl she? who picks up your brains off the sidewalk? I think it was Barf Girl. I bet you Barf Girl's the paramedic in this story. Maybe to travel Europe. And basically, she said that her and her partner would rush to the scene to be the first person to do CPR so that they get the chance to break their wi- uh, ribs CPR. to hear them snap. Along with, they also were telling us that in their uh, ambulance, they actually had a machine. All right, dude. you got to pronounce ambulance properly. <laughs> Amberlamps. That's what he said. Did he say Amberlamps? Amberlamps. Amberlamps. <laughs> That would give him CPR, which was basically a gigantic fist that would just kind of punch them in the stomach back and forth. It only lasted a week, I guess, because basically it didn't save anyone's life. It just beat the shit out of their people. Peace out and have a good night. Fucking awesome. Yeah, survey him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't quite understand that last part. Survey them? This uh, is a good example of if you're retarded enough, we'll play your call. <laughs> <laughs> Although, dude, I do like the fact that the device, the boxing glove device I was talking about in the second story was actually used by paramedics at one point. And I like that they show up to the scene of an accident to try and break the victim's ribs. That's what's <laughs> on their mind. <laughs> you know, this really scares me. We even had a paramedic on the show. I don't recall yeah, him. He didn't tell us this secret. No, I don't recall him being that wasted, but uh, I don't know. Well, I can honestly say, judging by that call, I really hope that wherever that dude lives, I'm not involved in a car accident where that guy is going to be the one that needs to save my life. Although, if he's giving you a CPR, you're probably going to get drunk by, like, I don't know, secondhand drunkenness. 
Well, maybe. maybe. I mean, his breath is probably the equivalent of a smelling salt, so that will wake you up. <laughs> or the equivalent of some Mickey's malt liquor or something. All right. I think he's doing. More, I think he's drinking more than Mickey's, but that's just my <laughs> professional opinion. People, you can call the Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. You know, so we got a... This is a new segment that we're going to start doing here on the show. I'm making... I made some new theme music. I don't know if this is the theme music we're going to use all the time. I always invite fans to make better theme music because I suck at it. But uh, here's a new thought experiment theme music. Sick and Rope, Thought Experiment. So this thought experiment was emailed to the uh, Sick and Wrong Podcast Hotmail.com address. It comes in from Shepard. Shepard writes, Dear D and Lance, Imagine you were both virgins again. That shouldn't be too hard for Lance. And in your early teens. That's not nice at all. So we're imagining we're both virgins and we're in our early teens. Would you let an insanely hot chick, for D, a young Rachel Weiss, for Lance, a young Helen Mirren, um, <laughs> fuck you out of your adolescence if, in return, you had to fuck her when she was a senior citizen? A few terms and conditions before Lance goes off on one. When you're young, you can fuck her as many times as you'd like. For argument's sake, let's say the fucking begins at the age of consent... And the fucking stops when you're 21. When she's older, this is 70 plus, and you're a similar age to the one you are now, you have to fuck her as many times as you fucked her as a teenager or a young adult. No turning off so the you lights. So you stay the same age? Yeah. And like, she gets older? I think you stay the same. It's kind of like true blood here. Like you're a vampire. So you stay um, the same age, and... Uh, and yeah, you're the you're, so we're, we'd be the same age, and we'd have to fuck her when she's over seventy. But so you're a similar age to the one you are now, but you have to fuck her as many times as you fucked her as a teenager or a young adult. No turning off the lights, no quickies. In contradiction to her youth, she becomes insanely hideous with old age. So you're fucking like a skexy from the Dark Crystal, like this shriveled up creature, like you know, sort of like. Um, uh, Hillary Clinton, kind of, you know, just like this this haggard beast. If Hillary Clinton is the ugliest old woman you can think of, you've got a, like a lot of problems coming to you. Think of an uglier one. An uglier one, like uh, like uh, millions of actresses even are uglier than Hil- Hillary Clinton. I don't know. I, I, I you you ever watch that show, uh, Justified? I mean, the hillbilly moonshine queen. Uh, the woman who played Danny DeVito's mom in Throw Mama from the Train. Um, I don't okay, know, the okay. woman who that... plays the, the psychic in the Poltergeist movies. I think Hillary she's, Clinton I is think kind she's... of a piece of ass when you compare her to these people. I think she's hotter than that. I think the psychic in Poltergeist is hotter than Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's me. But I like them I like You just like the voice. You just like the voice. <laughs> um, you would you do it? If yes, would you still accept the offer if prior to having sex, you had to take her out on a date? This would include compulsory displays of affection in public. Keep it sick, keep it wrong, Shepard. I think this is kind of a weak thought experiment, personally. <laughs> well, I don't like all the added qualifications. I know, like, it's a what, stipulation what's, the thing? What is the, the, what's the thing about the date that came in? That's like a late hit. What's the thing about the date? 
It's it said okay. It said so, all right. So you let, let me just summarize this. This guy could have done this in one line. Would you fuck a super hot young chick, insanely hot young chick? But that means you gotta fuck her when she's old, and you gotta fuck her as many times as you did when you're young. But, but that's not that. That's a good thought experiment because it's very simple and clean. But he added in these weird things like she also becomes hideously ugly when she's old. And there's a stipulation that you gotta you gotta take her on, on a date and and do a compulsory throw out the date throw out the date point that, that's, I'm a, that that's a that's a useless it's an application yeah. yeah it's useless so, the ugly thing i kind of get because because you know because then you don't want to use helen mirren as example because you look at these old movies where helen helen mirren's famous for getting naked in movies when she was young yeah and but she was he, I super think, hot then and she's super hot now i'm saying so helen yeah i fuck helen mirren now without having fucked her when she was younger yeah, but so helen of mirren, course i would fuck her when she was younger and not fuck her when she's older but helen but mirren then if you, at her age yeah, now ahead. back then so you'd have to fuck helen mirren now and then like 130 years after that or something or 80 years <laughs> after that so she's just like She'll this be a corpse <laughs> she's insanely hideous an insanely hideous Helen Mirren. And for me, an insanely hideous Rachel Weisz. But that's just a weird thing. Like, Helen Mirren is not a hideous person. You can't, like, like, how would she become hideous if she had a chimpanzee chewed her face off? Well, let's, uh, let's, like, not say any uh, celebrity. Let's just say a super hot chick when you're younger. You can fuck her as many times as you want in your early teens. So you're talking, like, 13. So this is yeah. a chick, instead of like, back then when you were whacking off to scrambled Showtime, you know, Lady Shatterly movies. Right. You know, you had an actual super smoking hot chick that you could bang any, as many times as you want, any position that you want, she'd do anything. But right. you're going to be the same age. When you're 35 or whatever, where we are now, this girl is going to be 90 and she's going to be incredibly hideous and you got to fuck her as many times as you did back then the interesting part of this thought experiment to me is that it i mean this guy who's sending it in must be young right i'm because thinking I think, he's a kid i think he's missing the point that or maybe the fact of life that this is pretty much what marriage is <laughs> <laughs> it's or true long-term monogamy or whatever because you get with a girl and you think she's hot, obviously, or why would you get with her? And you commit to a relationship because you feel like, you know, maybe that will make the bond better. You'll get more, better, freakier sex and you fuck her all the time. And because you commit to this long-term relationship, the sex is even better and she'll do even more freaky things. But then you, because you committed to this long-term relationship, you grow old together and she becomes uglier and uglier. And you and maybe become you're fine with it. But you become uglier, but you don't you don't look at yourself. You still consider yourself to be like that your idealized self. Everybody considers themselves to be their idealized self at all times. So when you're 70, you don't look at yourself and say, "Well, I'm old and gross too, so it doesn't matter." You just see your wife and or husband as like, "Look what's happened to this person." And maybe the relationship and the emotional bond overcomes that or maybe you think that she grew old gracefully. But come on, when you get down to it, if you compare your 70-year-old wife to what she looked like when she when you got together when you guys were 19 or 15 or 30 or whatever there's no comparison she's gross well, exactly but i think they think over the years you look beyond the physical <laughs> but the fact of the matter is you know you're fucking 
you know, an octogenarian and she's hideous and she's got a shriveled, disgusting, you know, vagina that just kind of hangs down to her knees and you're putting that in your mouth and you got to remove your dentures to even fit the whole thing in your mouth. Yeah, I'm doing all that. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you think about it, I'm not. I'm not. I think it's an even as gross as that is, and it is gross. Don't get me wrong. I think it's more disgusting to think of the the relationship that becomes completely stale and there's no sex, and you're just like resenting the person and wishing they would die. That's more gross. But okay, if, but if the sex ends, I think you should get divorced. But wackily, no, I agree with you with that. But you're you're missing one point of this. I think what he's saying with this is the fucking stops when we turn twenty one, but we don't age as fast as our partner does. She she you know, teleports back in time. Well, she just ages you... at a hyper state, whereas we stay, you know, like a regular age. So we age like a normal person. So by the time we're thirty six or something like where we are now, she's ninety, and then it's like okay, yeah. well now you got to fulfill the other part of your bargain. And what's the question, if I would do it or if I would just say no thanks? Would you just want to jerk off till your your hand is sprained while you're 13? Or would you want to be able to fuck a chick that's like the chick of your dreams? For... No, I would totally go for it. And then, But then at 36, you got to fuck the yeah, old bag? Yeah. yeah, totally. I, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But you know why you I wouldn't? You would not? I would not because I would jerk off. I would jerk off as a kid, you know, for... You know, a few years till eventually, like, you're probably going to get laid by it in four years. You're like 17 or 18. And then you're going to learn. You're going to learn the steps of how awkward it is to have sex. You're going to appreciate sex more. Till the final well, time. I'm, I'm going to be mate. doing all that stuff you're gonna too. You're going to be jaded. I just will have, the added, I will have the added benefit of having sex with that really hot chick and then have the freaky experience <laughs> of having sex with some weird, <laughs> weird, ugly chick to fulfill some, like, satanic bargain. I mean, yeah, but, I'm, okay. for more, I'm for I'm for doing more stuff. But think about how much that would fuck Not your life up. Not idealizing my virginity and, and sexual... But think yeah. about how that would fuck your life up. Like, let's just say... It's already fucked up. No, but let's just say you're <laughs> a normal that. person. By the time you're our age, Ideally. you're married, you probably have some kids, you're just living your life, doing your job or whatever. Then all of a sudden there's a knock on the door and there's this shriveled, hideous old creature that's just like, time to repay the pact. And then you're like... Baby, I know we've been married for a few years here, but there's something I forgot to mention. When I was a horny 12-year-old, I made this pact with this creature, and I got to fulfill my bargain, so now I got to fuck this chick for as many times as I fucked her back then, which is a lot of times. Do you think your <laughs> okay. wife would be cool with that? Do you think it'd ruin the marriage? Well, you're adding stuff. Now. I'm, just, I'm just saying this is what would happen. I, I think it, I would treat it like herpes. <laughs> when the relationship started with the new with my new actual wife, my new lifelong partner, not the Satan packed hot chick, old chick, <laughs> weird succubus, whatever you want to call it. Uh I would say, like, look, baby, I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but I have to tell you something. I made a deal with the devil <laughs> when I was thirteen and had crazy sex with this with Scarlett Johansson. And once I turn 36, which is a couple years from now, actually it's now. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. She's going to come back as an ancient grizzled crone, and I'm going to have to fuck her again as many times as I did when I was 13. And my wife, my theoretical wife, will be like, oh, She's I, really do, I really do love you. She's your probably I really do love children you. and go to Motel no. 6. 
That's what's gonna happen. No, no, D. It, you have this conversation before you get married and have kids, as with the herpes. I don't like know herpes. what you're thinking. <laughs> All right. Um, well, she's just gonna run and go to a Motel Six. Well, no, no she'll probably yet. say, as we're having discussion, she'll probably say, "Baby, D or Lance or whoever I'm talking about this." Not point. me, because I said no. I'm really in. Okay, Lance, I'm. I, I really do love you, and. You know, this happened, you made this deal before we got married, and I, I don't like it, but, but once that time comes around, I guess I'll be able to deal with you having sex with a chick like five or six times. And then I'll be like, uh, <laughs> how about like 115? Because <laughs> I got to even out the balance. Is I was 13, I used to jerk off like seven times a day. So you, I would assume that I would fuck this chick seven times a day for however many days I had access and then your Maybe wife more. becomes barf girl, and she's going to puke all over you, because that's exactly what's going to happen. But she wouldn't be my wife, because she would run away screaming once I told her. To the Motel like 6. 1,013 and 20, you know, times. <laughs> well, then, thank and you, Shepard, for sending in the thought experiment. People, you can email us at sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. Well, actually, you know, there's a lot of people join the Sick and Wrong Forum these days, and uh Quite a thriving community on there. You know, I just noticed this the other day. I don't know why I just noticed this, but I just did. Uh, the What the Fuck video thread. Have you yes, seen that's that? that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would like the What the Fuck video thread to become as enthralling as the random picture thread. Right now, there are like nine or ten pages of the What the Fuck video thread, but I could see that really spiraling into something cool. I, I was on it today. I watched all the videos. It was great. Every single one? Well, almost. I had seen a couple of them before. <laughs> the ones you hadn't seen before, yeah. right? Well, people, if you want to join up the, with the Sick and Wrong Forum, just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on Forum, become a member today. Don't wait. Also, thank you for subscribing to the show on iTunes. It does actually help us out. It gives us a lot of good exposure. I noticed even this week we're in the What's Hot category. So we What's thank hot? you. We're, we're grateful for that, for, for making us feel hot. We like that. Let's go to iTunes or search for Sick and Wrong, subscribe, give us a rating. Also, uh, there are quad OTs available at the Sick and Wrong store. So just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com, click on store, and buy a fantastic, one-of-a-kind quad OT shirt. I think it's the best tee we've done. Yeah, I, I actually kind of dig wearing it. You always get comments on it. Right. Um, Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in by Daniel. Daniel says, I really think you guys will like this song for Song of the Week. It's called Wenches and Mead. By Ailstorm. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. The The band is kind of like pirate metal. This is like a new genre of metal. Like, I've heard of Viking metal, but this yeah. is totally different. This is pirate metal. So the album here is Captain Morgan's Revenge. Band's Ailstorm. <laughs> it's Captain Morgan's Revenge. And, uh, and the song is Wenches and Mead. And I got to say, much like the word barf, I also like the word wench. Wench is just a word you never hear that much anymore. Do you think you I like? Could... I like slattern. Slattern. That's another good. One. I like describing a girl as being a sl- like she's slatternly. You know? Slatternly is good. But wenchy. I wonder. Like I don't think a lot of people know the word wench. They probably think you're saying wrench. I think we should try to work to bring that back into the lexicon. Like you work. You work with a lot of wenches. So do you think you lusty should... busty sea wedges? I think you should kind of say that every now and then. Like, are you allowed to use that word in the in the in the workplace? Like, would that be sexual harassment? Do you think if Bob Barker was walking around being like, "And look what that wench is holding in her hand," 
How much do you think that costs? I tell you what. I'll figure out in my next podcast when I'm fired. We'll find out what the answer is. Although I have my anticipation ready. Right. How much have we made from the t-shirts? Because <laughs> i got to pay my mortgage for a while. Not enough. Well, we're going to end the show here with uh, Wenches and Mead by Alestorm, my new favorite band. Thanks, Daniel, for sending that in. People, we'll be back next week with episode 296. Till then, take it sleazy. This is the captain saying good night, you lusty, busty sea wenches.